I hope you realise that I'm I'm just about to get more and more sweaty because I can't have the fan on because it's so noisy. So you're just going to watch me gradually get drenched from here down. At least we can't smell you. Perks of Zoom! Hi, welcome to Scattered. We're a group of friends from the same church who are serving God in different countries and we're meeting online to chat through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter. We'd love you to join us. Hi everybody, welcome to Scattered. We thought it would be good to catch up with each other at the end of the summer. Um, And I think for the Scattered team, it's been a summer of transitions. Um, One of us has moved cities, one of us has moved countries, and I have lost an entire family from my household, which means now I guess, um, seeing as Helen is no longer living with me, we are, as we said in the tin, Uh, three friends from the same church serving God in different um, countries. So, um, yeah, we just thought it would be helpful to catch up about what God's been teaching us through these transitions. So, Mary, over to you. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about the changes that have happened in the last month or so? Yeah, so we moved cities about three weeks ago, which was, it was, in the end, it was quite a quick move because, we didn't expect to find a house in the city we were moving to. Um, and we were just visiting for for another reason. And we were coming through. We thought, let's look at a few houses. Found a house, just felt like it was God's intervention and decided to move, I think, within just over two weeks. So we went through this crazy two-week kind of packing, trying to say goodbye trying to do all the stages of transition with our kids and it was mental but we moved and we've done it and it was hot and sweaty and we're here and it was hard but yeah just really thankful so I hate leaving places um, and I hate transition I hate all the goodbyes so in a way doing it quickly was nice but also it was quite hard Yeah, I I noticed you just threw in there as if the rest of us would understand what you meant going through all the stages of transition with our kids. I think we might come back to that because I I guess I know a little bit about that because Helen lived with me. But I think for people listening, it might be helpful to talk through what that means. Because, yeah, I guess lots of our St. Clement's people would love to be praying for your kids in that and as they adjust into Mm. the new. But Helen, let's just hear from you, if that's okay, about your transition. Where are you? What's happened Yeah, so uh, our transition was much more slow in coming. Uh, We knew that, well, we were fairly confident this time that it was on the horizon. Uh, So about three weeks ago as well, uh, me and my family moved from Openshaw to just south of Paris to a town called Massey to study French language for a year. Um, It happened very slowly in a very controlled manner. Uh, It was not too sweaty. And uh, I do find transitions hard, but I really love new things and change. So uh, yeah, I I probably reacted to the change and the newness maybe a bit differently. I get that. Like some bits of transition are good, aren't they? It's quite affirming when you're saying goodbye to people because you can you really realise that people like you and you can say lots of nice things to people. I like that bit. For me, like, and I love change as well. For me, it was the speed of it all that I struggled with. Um, But in a way, I liked that as well. Um, Because, yeah, like I said before, I I also hate saying goodbye. Do you like saying goodbye, Helen? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I hate it. But, um, and I said this to a lot of people as we were leaving, it's harder being the ones, I find it harder being the ones left behind because life still goes on, but there's an element missing from it. Um, whereas when you, I find when I'm the one leaving, I'm the one with the adventure. So I do not cry as I have to say, when, well, when I left the jump household, I cried. I'm going to say that. When we drove off, I did have a little... Whoa. Result! But no, don't get too, don't get too cocky, Jill, because Mary, when you leave, every time you and your family leave, I sob because it is honestly yes. the worst being left behind. She loves us both equally. We'll take that. We'll take that as a draw, Mary, should we? But I do think it's harder being the ones left behind. But yeah, I feel like fun. also it's incredibly lonely leaving. I feel like going through the transition as a family like obviously you're with your family but I do feel like the people who are left behind do have more of each other still and still have that community like I struggle being the one who's going by myself with my family to this new place where I don't know anything and that's kind of terrifying and you're on your own I feel like there's the adventure side of it but then there's also this wow I'm really on my own now until I build my new community I feel really lonely <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with that. And I also think that there's there's almost two types of loneliness within it. There's the sort of physical loneliness. You don't have a lot of friends to go and hang out with and that kind of thing. But there's also the, the deep relationship loneliness. You know, no matter what you do, relationships cannot be conducted as well over WhatsApp or Zoom. It's just not the same as having interactions. Like everyone knows that, don't they, from the recent pandemic? But I think when you're trying to sustain those friendships and those deep relationships over Zoom for four years when you're on the field, you can feel a loneliness in depth of relationship and a loneliness in initial loneliness and physical presence. But one lasts much longer than the other. It's harder to build up those deep relationships on the field because you're trying to get through all the cultural barriers and then reach level of friendship and relationship and I almost find myself not wanting to seek out close friends in a way because you know that the community that you're moving into is so transitional itself so you know that these friends I read this beautiful phrase um, that said every new friend is an embryo of a goodbye and I was yeah. like yeah it is you, you meet oh, people but you man, know that's a worker's perspective isn't it honestly yeah I, I would 100% agree with that there's always and and the same for my kids I don't know about you Mary but um you know Martha in the lead up to our transition said to Paul and I why do we have to keep moving because every time I make a friend I say goodbye and for a six-year-old to be able to say that is quite something that's um, a six-year-old mm. way of saying what Mary just said isn't it yeah transitions in terms of relationship are are very hard, although exciting. Um, and it's tricky as you're trying to manage all of that through the whole family. You know, you're dealing with your personal difficulties mm. with relationships in the transition, but you're also trying to help your family. It can be quite stressful. <laughs> so can we just return to yeah. that very reference when you're helping your children move through the phases of transition? I guess most of us don't really know what you mean by that. So could you just explain to us 
what you mean by that and how do you help children with all these transitions I don't know if do you do raft Helen yeah I was about to say that's exactly what I use yeah raft is reconciliation affirmation farewell and think destination so it tends not to be like step by step in order but as you're in the lead up to your leaving, you're going through these things with your kids. So, and, and you yourself are supposed to be doing it as well. So reconciliation, are there any relationships that you need to sort out any um, things that you need to resolve? Um, is there anything you, you need to say to people before you leave, good or bad? Um, you need mm. to say what you need to say. And then affirmation, what are we thankful for? What are we grateful for? What's happened that's been good? Um, you know, if, if you've got kids who can't express that, get them to draw or paint a picture for someone and give it to them as a gift. You know, who do we, like one of my children is a real gift giver. So what can we give them? What could she give to her friends to show her appreciation for them? Um, you know, it, for me, it might have been write a letter or whatever. And then you also need to be thinking, OK, who do we need to say goodbye to? What who are the people who we if we didn't say goodbye to properly, that would cause us more grief. Uh, so think that's farewell. That's the F. And then T is think destination, you know, talking about how it will be different, how it will be the same um have you know just things like looking at it on google maps looking up pictures talking about people who've been there before um just yeah just constantly going over these things with the kids debriefing with them but then it doesn't just finish once you arrive when you know once you arrive you're doing a few things you're still helping them to raft you're still helping and you're trying to help them integrate into a new culture language environment everything but you're also trying to help them deal with their grief. Mm. And there's no like one size fits all. Like you mm. can do raft like completely perfectly and do your real best at it. And still you'll have those moments where you're sat with your kid and both of you are like, oh, I just I just want to go home. Or I, you know, didn't say goodbye to that person well. Or, you know, you just... Yeah, but it does really help to have a system that you can work through and try and help your kids work through their grief. Like we moved to our host country when my daughter was two and my son was three or four. I can't remember. And so at that age, it's really different working through raft to like now when we do transitions, like we've done so many transitions um, and it feels really different now. You can actually talk through stuff with them and and the grief is kind of different and it's still there when they're little and when they're big, but it's just different. So it feels like you can't even get a grasp of doing it well because your next transition comes and everybody's changed and the place has changed that you're going. And yeah, so it's, it's a tricky process. Ladies, the question that's on the front of my mind listening to you is, how do you find the emotional um, reserves to build relationships when, when you know they're going to be so short term? It's interesting because you find on the field you find that you build deep relationships very quickly with other expats especially um do you think that's because you, of the shared experience mary yeah i do and you find it with tck's as well third culture kids um you you find it as well that they very quickly have a mutual understanding of what life is like um what it's like to live with one foot in two different countries 
um, and there's this immediate <clears throat> this immediate bond, um, which is which is great. And you just you you realize that you need community. You have to build your community. You need your children need their community. And so even though it's painful, you know it's painful because you know these people will probably not be in your life for super long. You also realize that you need it and um and so you go for it really and in each place we've been we've we've really tried to go for it for for our sake for our needs and also for for the sake of our kids but there are good sides to it too you get to know so many different people I've got friends all over the world now that I never had before you know deep friendships with people who have really changed my life really influenced my life in beauty and the same for the kids like the kids have friends from countries that I didn't even know anybody from before we moved onto the mission field. So it, it, there are loads of really great advantages, but yeah, it is painful. It is, but I also think, think about how much, Mary, think about how much more painful it would be if we didn't have Jesus to point people, to, to point our kids towards. Like, what is the one constant mm. in their life? It is their parents, but we're pre- even us, we're pretty up and down, but actually able mm. to point say but God is still good God is still the same Mm. God is in control you are never alone God is with you um we read a book I think you recommended it to us actually Mary called the moon is always round which I'm putting a label a warning label on this it will make you cry it is a, a a tragic book however it talks about and it is a kid's book but um the moon is always round you know no matter what you can what you think you can see, you know, even when you can only see a crescent moon, actually the whole of the moon is there. It is always round. Um, these transitions and these difficulties and the heartbreak with everyone moving all the time and super deep friendships and then people just disappearing is it's, it's a real opportunity to show our children what is the one true constant in our lives. It is Jesus. And I think as well, like, I find that, going through transition definitely like reveals this desire in me for everything to stay the same um this desire for this like stability which I don't think is meant for this earth I think God's put this desire in us for home but it challenges me as to what is my home where is my home what does home mean like Helen was saying like God is my constant um God is the constant for my kids and it, it definitely turfs up all this uncomfortable stuff in me that I want everything to stay the same I want an easy life um, I want my friends to all stay the same I don't want to step out of my comfort zone um, and I, I just find it helpful to be reminded that yeah this earth is is not our home before we first uh, came to our host country this passage in Hebrews 11, verses 13 to 16, I'll just read it. These all died in faith, not having, so it's been talking about, you know, Abraham, Sarah, who, you know, by faith moved to different places and moved around. Um, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they'd been thinking of that land from which they'd gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And for me, like that's everything. Um, My home is in heaven. My home is with God. That's really what my heart is yearning for. And when we go through transitions, 
like both for my heart and for my kids we need to preach this to each other like we are exiles on this earth this earth isn't our home our true home is in heaven and if we want to make that place our home and if we want other people in this world to come and join us in that home then we need to go through these difficult transitions so would that be your go to scripture in a way Mary in transition times to sort of keep reminding your heart of those truths definitely yeah like I have it um my friend did this beautiful painting of it and I have it on my wall um in fact I haven't put it up on my wall yet here but it's usually up somewhere in my house just to reflect on and chew through every now and then especially when often you know when you are struggling in a transition like feeling anger or sadness uh, which is all normal and fine um it's also good to ask the questions like why why am I feeling like this um and sometimes it's good to be like it's it's because my desires are totally being all turfed up and shown you know in a way that in normal everyday life they're not yep yeah thanks that's really helpful um Helen what's God been teaching you through the transition process <laughs> yeah, very similar, I think. Um, it's about learning not to base your security or your happiness on your circumstances, isn't it? Um, I think, yeah, I really love the passage that Mary read out. Um, the other one that is classic that I tend to read every now and again is um, Philippians chapter 4, verse uh 12 and 13 it's i know this is paul writing i know how to be brought low and i know how to abound in any and every circumstance i have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need i can do all things through him who strengthens me and it's not so much that it's not so much um about god giving me the power to do it but it's more i can face any and all circumstances and be content because of Jesus. Um, you know, not that I have like, I'm given loads of strength to do it, is it? Because I, no matter what, I'm still incredibly weak, but God's power is made perfect in my weakness. Um, and just recognizing, yeah, just recognizing that no matter where I am, I'm going to be discontented because I'm sinful. <laughs> um and and just pushing on into that i i need to be to recognize that because of jesus i have that it is possible to be content in all places and i think the challenge as as i'm listening it's so easy isn't it for us to put our security in the wrong things because they're they're not actually as secure as we think they are are they and it's so helpful hearing you guys speak about that physical moving churns up all the false security that I think we who are in the same place attempted to put our roots into rather than into the Lord. And it, it's just so helpful mm -hmm. to hear you guys say what almost what a good thing it is that God churns those things up because it refocuses you, doesn't it, on him and on where our, where true security and true home is found. And I, yeah, mm -hmm. in some ways, praise God that that happens semi-regularly in your lives because it forces you, doesn't it, to make sure your roots are in the right things. Whereas I think for people mm -hmm. who never move and are in the same street and the same school and the same church for years and years, 
the danger is our security becomes in, in those things rather than into Jesus. And I would say as well that it doesn't happen on a semi-regular basis. I would say, particularly in the beginning of the, you know, once you've reached to the place and you're still transitioning, because I think transition doesn't finish once you're moved. Transition is a continuous process because you, you've got the lead up and then you've got the grief of, of leaving where you were, uh, but now you've got the new issue of trying to integrate where you are. This afternoon, I have a meeting f- with um, the teacher of my youngest. And this morning, I got an email saying, oh, you need to bring this document, you need to bring two passport photos, and you need to bring X, Y, and Z. Just to give you a picture, I have no idea where to get passport photos done. Once I get to the shop, how do I explain that I need a passport photo and that it's for a very specific thing for a school. When I don't, I don't have the language to do that. Most of the people I'm around don't speak English. And I can tell you my reaction to getting that email this morning was not good. <laughs> and I'm, I'm alone. My husband, who is much chattier and much braver than me, is in the center of Paris of my oldest two, sorting out some other stuff. So here I am with my youngest. We have to walk probably 20 20 minutes or so to the nearest big shop and go into this camera shop and try and figure out how on earth we're going to do it um, and then get back in time for another meeting. And so, (laughs) you know, that revealed to me that actually I still crave control. I think that I've surrendered. I really haven't because somebody's asked for some passport photos. Why am I having a meltdown? Mm. I'm having a meltdown because I'm not in control. You know, I thought I'd wrestled Mm. with God through this stuff, but really I haven't surrendered. I'm not happy that he's in control. Um, He knew this email was coming. I Mm. didn't. And therefore I'm annoyed, you know? (laughs) So it's not, Mm. it's not even a semi-regular thing. I would say it's a, it's a regular thing. Even when you've been in a country 30 years, I'm sure there's still stuff. Like Mary's been in her country of service for quite a while now, but I'm sure, especially since she's moved cities, that there's still almost weekday, if not daily, then weekly things that she's still trying to figure out. Why on earth did that happen? How on earth am I going to get that sorted? Operating in a second language as well. But, and I, but I guess when the lens is on of these are all ways that God helps me rely on him rather than myself, then each time that happens, it's an opportunity, isn't it, to trust the Lord rather than Helen's ability to control. But yeah. That's an exciting afternoon you've got ahead of you, my friend. It's okay. I've got a plan. What's to do? And it's totally going to work out exactly as I want it to. <laughs> yeah, and Tabs is just there to help you along. Now, the big question, Mary, how did the kittens transition? Yeah, well, we did raft with them and it went really well. And, you know, <laughs> they... <laughs> yeah, they're fine. They're cats. They're over it. I think the other thing to think about um, as churches anyway, is how you can support people when transitions don't work out. Because um, our transition, our initial transition didn't work out at December. So we had left Manchester again in the middle of December. We were prepping and going full throttle as if we're moving to France. Then the borders closed and we couldn't get through. Then Brexit happened and we couldn't get the visa we needed. And so we had transitioned out of Manchester, transitioned into London. Then in our minds, we were halfway to France, but then had to transition back into London 
to stay at oh, stayed so up, messy and then transition back up to Manchester again I don't really have any answers but I think we just need to be aware that there are big transitions happening even when the thing things don't work out I was on the phone to our other friends that are um, abroad from St Clement's two weeks ago and they were just saying their ex- their hard experiences they moved to their country that they're working in expecting to be able to travel to and from the UK freely and because of the pandemic they're not able to leave because they couldn't get a visa to come back in and so actually the grief mm. of that and just really craving little things like marmalade <laughs> when you can't find that um having not you know you'd prepared to be there a year and then be able to travel back and because of the pandemic they're coming up to three years without leaving their country and just how hard that is so I I think you're right that the pandemic's raised loads of complex transition issues hasn't it that things haven't been the way Mm. people had planned them to be and I think it's important like when you're going through that period of uncertainty like transition sucks anyway because your head is everywhere you've got lists everywhere you don't know where anything is because you started packing and giving away stuff you can't make any decisions at some points because you know someone asks you what do you want to eat for dinner tonight and you just start shouting at them because I have different decision fatigue (laughs) yeah honestly um and you're in that kind of place of craziness and for me it's like what rhythms can I keep in my life during transition that will ground like me and us as a family how can I help my kids have rhythm that will you know help with this so for me it's like I I need to keep having my quiet times I mean at some point that does go out the window at times but you know quiet times family times eating meals together watching a series of something on Netflix together like we watch these random baking shows and things like just things that will bring you together as a family and give you some kind of rhythm during the transition is really helpful to us I don't know how that is with you Helen. Yeah we're the same family traditions so every Saturday morning we have pancakes Um, you know Mm. we have a certain night of the week where we sit down as a family and we play games um, just mm. things that are can offer some yeah like you said rhythm or security to the kids I know that at this time this will be certain this will happen mm. um thanks mm. ladies it's really helpful to just reflect and think about transition and I think for us here that's really helpful for us to be praying for your kids for you guys as you continue in transition um lovely to chat to you and hopefully we're going to be back in a couple of weeks with the first of our new series of bible studies um lovely to see you all see you soon